0: Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Your Plate Podcast. I'm Maya, one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Artie. And today we're going to continue with the meditation theme. So these are we're doing a four-part mini series on meditation. The first episode was thinking about the why of meditation. Why bother? Trying to curate some of the best evidence that is out there now. There is so much evidence, um, you know, supporting the benefits of meditation. We then also shared our personal experiences of how it's helped us in the last episode. And today we want to think about where we are today personally with meditation, how we are managing to utilize uh, meditation in our daily lives, but also think about, therefore, the practicalities of how you can either commence a meditation practice, resume one, uh, or just start to find a way that is right for you. Um, so, Aarti, how, how are you currently finding ways to be mindful or to meditate? So I was kind of reflecting on
1: how I'm integrating kind of mindfulness practice and meditation um, into um, my busy life, into mm. our busy lives, So, where yeah. we all have very busy lives. And I think for me, there are probably three key ways that I'm trying to integrate um, mindfulness. So one of them is the Calm app. Yeah. A lot of people have told me it was really good, so I gave it a go. And I've had some success with it. So I particularly like their te- the 10-minute daily meditations they have. Mm. Um, so I try and do that two or three times a week, generally in the evenings, just because I find it quite a nice way to wind down as part of the sleep routine and the um, the voice. I don't know what her name is, but it's, she's got a lovely, calming voice, so it gets you into that sleepy mode. So that's one of them, the calm app. The other thing that I fa- find really cool if you want to call it a meditative experience, is walking, and I think mm. you might be talking yeah. about the benefits of walking. And what I love about walking, and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, even if it's a sunny day, even if it's kind of quite drizzly and cold, mm. I'll put on, yeah. you know, the winter jacket, put my boots on, and I think it's just the fresh air. I try and walk in areas where there are, where it's where you know there aren't so many. It's not such an urban environment, so I'll try mm. and find a bit off the beaten path. Where I live quite green, so it's quite nice to be able to do that. And taking in a bit of nature, and I find that a really nice, calming, what do we call it, spiritual experience. So I find that really nice. That's one of the ways I'm trying to meditate. And the other way is through some of the yoga that I'm doing. I used to do a lot more before. So I'd go to, you know, a formal yoga class for an hour, an hour and a half, once or twice a week. I don't have the time to do that anymore, which is a real shame, because I do miss that physical, the physical benefits of a yoga class. Um, So what I'm trying to do is just do my own sort of yoga stretching at home. Mm -hmm. Again, everything, I'm just finding it easier to do it at home. Um, And then I'll tag on a little bit of deep breathing at the end of that one or two deep breaths. So those are sort of the three core ways that I'm... Oh, getting lovely. some level of meditation, so it's a you know, it, it, I'm sort of keeping it quite varied and interesting.
0: That's really nice. It's yeah, like you've got a three pronged. Yeah, <laughs> also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, so, Maya, what about you? How are you? Well, just I did, before that, I just wanted to build on so the yoga piece. For me, is you know, when I was in India, then after I had done vipassana, I we then did three weeks where we were doing yoga I think twice a day and it was the most beautiful Hatha yoga and it I I remember walking around feeling completely different like physically I felt different my mind felt different and I've just never managed to find that type of yoga in London I've just always found the yoga in London so rushed and I'm like I just got into this pose why are you why are you moving me out of it and even yeah even the sun salutations I find like really really like too <laughs> too much I'm like can you just can you just slow down a bit here? So I, I find that it's very harried, um, and so actually I do enjoy doing yoga on my own. Um, maybe maybe using a video and stretching in the evenings. Uh, that's a lovely wind down if I can make that work. I've all, yes. I've noticed that about us. You've
1: always gone down that. Whenever we talk about oh you know you, mm. you're like oh you've done some yoga. I like that dynamic. Ashtanga Mm. style Where they're doing The sun salutations I like to feel a bit Out of breath I like to feel a bit Sweaty Um, Or or the Iyengar as well (laughs) Which is You know Using all the support mechanism, mechanisms, the blocks. Oh yeah, I like that. And yeah,
0: so that's quite nice. But <laughs> oh yeah, the only thing I found that is vaguely close enough is the restorative yoga where you do like an hour and 15 minutes and you basically lie in these stretch positions Oh the, um, ages. What's it called
1: Dead Man's Posey and Shavasana?
0: Yeah, but also lot lots of them, but it's all called restorative and right. it's basically the opposite of ashtanga. It's the slowest yoga I've managed to find mm-hmm. and if anyone can tell me about even slower yoga, then that would be good because I just need a few lovely stretches that's all I want and then I want the overall yoga experience and I just I, I just can't keep up like I can't keep up with the standard yoga I, but class. that's why
1: I love about yoga because there are so many different styles that will suit different types of um, you know depending on your mood or even personality Oh really? So I, I quite like that. But yeah see... well
0: yoga is actually something we studied in our masters and so we will do a separate episode on it because there there is some really really interesting research now out there on yoga and I think it's just nice to bring some of that into um, the, the conversation. But anyway so so you were asking me about myself and what I am doing with my current practice yeah so
1: how yeah do you are you managing to fit in mindfulness practice and meditation into sort of your routine and your schedule
0: Yeah, So I, uh, January when I went freelance and that's when I described myself as being a bit burnt out, that's when I thought, you know, surely I'm going to start meditation now. I've got a bit more time. I'm, you know, not as, not as completely crazy. And I basically could not, I just didn't want to touch meditation. Uh, And I've had friends who've had similar experiences, not necessarily with meditation, but something that they love, like, especially if it's something a bit more creative or whatever. And if they're going, they're not in the right place physically, mentally, then they just don't want to go near it, If whether it's making music or something else creative. So I literally could not touch meditation for many months. And I just wanted to mention that because... Amidst all this fantastic research that's out there about the benefits of re- uh, meditation, there is also a little body of growing research about when it's not right and when it can be misused or when it's not appropriate. And actually, definitely, if people are in you know sort of having any me- challenges with their mental health, then doing sort of unsupervised um, meditative practice is not necessarily you know the the, the ideal first option. <coughs> So one of the things to think about is, you know, your readiness to meditate. And um, I definitely it's taken me many, 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 many months. And then I needed a like a specific space in my life, in which in this case was having a bit of time when I had to recover from this surgery. And I was actually restricted from doing various things like exercise, like using a screen. And that that gave me a wonderful window um, to access um, the meditation again. So I've now started again did you want to? Ask yeah,
1: I, 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 that the concept of red, readiness to meditate I think is a really interesting one. It would be good to explore that a little bit more yeah. in I mean it's not term it's that <laughs> is that a, a you know a formal positive psychology term. No, it's actually not. So okay. that's
0: a like a whatever a Mayaism or whatever. Okay. Uh, but it, just because in coaching we talk about readiness to be uh, coaching readiness and with my clients when we talk about meditation I know that people are on really different uh, ends of spectrum in terms of how open ready and willing they are to meditate and having experienced this very much myself this year I think it's so important to acknowledge that you may just not be at that right point but there are things that you can do to start to move yourself along that journey so you described a brilliant one walking walking is definitely my absolute sort of panacea for everything it's mm. like you know mental physical spiritual it's the perfect way to start getting yourself into that mindset i would say the longer and in some ways the slower the better but then actually there's a lot of research saying if you do it at a certain speed that also has positive impacts on your um, mental health and your positive mm. emotions so but again there's some really nice research there about how the walking can uh, Benefit you, so that's one. And then we're also going to talk about mindful eating because yep. eating is something that we do a number of times a day. So it's a lovely cue, actually, um, to remind ourselves of, of mindful practice. Um, did you want to say something? No, I was going to say.
1: So, um in terms of mindful eating, it's something that comes up in my clinics a lot. We work. We, um, I'm working with very busy people. They're eating on the go. Sometimes they might be eating at their desks, which a lot of people do. Um, so, just how eating. Being a bit more aware of your food, um, the taste, the textures, slowing down, trying not to be doing something else and trying not to multitask while eating. It doesn't have to be for the whole duration of the meal. But even those first few minutes, it it has been shown, studies have shown that it has um, a positive impact on your digestion, your ability to um, absorb those nutrients in the food. And actually more than anything, often people that are having symptoms like um, reflux, or bloating or any kind of digestive complaints they find when they slow their meals down they're a bit more mindful about what they're eating in the process of eating they find that those symptoms significantly decrease which is an incredible thing this is not necessarily about what you're eating but how you're eating so the concept of mindful eating again it's part of the body of research around mindfulness mindful eating is also a really really Brilliant um kind of kind of almost like an easy technique that you would you can
0: introduce into your um you know your daily routine. Yes, and we are gonna talk about that later, aren't we, Artie? We're gonna talk about that a bit more yes. later on. So that's really interesting. And actually, as you were talking before about um your different clients and things and you're saying people eat at their desk, I really like eating at my desk and also yeah, that's absolutely fine, it's convenient, but it's just It's not just convenient, but I quite like the idea of especially when I was you know in, in full-time employment, I didn't I actually people want to meet for lunch and I prefer to meet for a coffee but I like to eat by myself and then that allows me to be more mindful because I really struggle having to make conversation with people and then enjoy my food at the same time (laughs) so I really don't enjoy going out for lunch especially if I'm working.
1: Maya I have to totally agree with you (laughs) I find it really difficult to engage again because and yeah I know honestly that's a really interesting point um, eating and being with friends it's quite hard to do both things yeah. and I f- feel like I can't necessarily enjoy the food as much yeah. because I'm the kind of person I love my food and yeah. I love it's almost an experience in itself yeah. and it's getting confused if I'm with somebody else and need to have a conversation yeah definitely I'm so, totally on, on yeah, the so I've actually that.
0: been um, where, when I am able to do this I actually try not eating breakfast with my kids anymore. I used to just eat with them and I would had like a, such a rubbish experience and now I've actually been doing it later so that I can enjoy it um, But but just generally I've always enjoyed solitary eating <laughs> this is honestly, this um, I mean, is not neutral. I sometimes obviously bleeds into the comfort eating which I've, I've also I've written you know a post about before but um anyway it's just funny isn't it that there's all this talk about you know social you know eat lunch with others but it's like mm. that's not of, all the
1: time there's a balance isn't yeah. there sometimes that's appropriate sometimes you're in the mood but sometimes you do want to just eat eat
0: yeah. In solitary confinement <laughs> solitary as you've described. Okay, but anyway, so so that's we we've talked we've digressed a little bit onto the mindful eating piece, which we will we'll come back on a little bit more. Uh but just to finish on other things that I'm doing to uh in you know, kind of do my meditation practice, the biggest one has been I have got this book now um called Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenser. It was recommended to me by my very spiritual cousin and she was sort of having she was actually having dreams about me because we've always had like a lovely connection but through this meditation it was like activating her connection with like the universe stuff all sounds absolutely bonkers. And if I was to tell you the dream she had and it was so poetic, it was just so creative, I was like, this is incredible. And actually this is what the book is about. It's all about accessing, you know, our ability to uh, be creative, uh, connect with the universe more, connect with the solar system. Some of the meditations, Arati, I can I'm see you're your, looking really surprised here. And this is what I mean about the difference between something like headspace and the car map, which in my view, are often quite reductive. And they make mindfulness and meditation just so simplistic. Whereas actually, my experience of meditation at its best is that complete sense of connection you know with the universe and I think this book for example is a lovely example of that Mm. whilst also bringing in the science and talking you through things like epigenetics and how it affects the various different organs in our body and all kinds of things so I really enjoyed that on the back of that I've purchased some of his meditations and so my favorite thing to do uh, is once the kids are in bed is to do that meditation And we talked in the last episode, Arati, about actually enjoy like looking forward to meditation and enjoying it once you've got over some of the early hurdles with it because it can be a bit of a drag at the beginning when you're not as practiced
1: not, is it maybe because it's not a habit at that stage because
0: it's so many things it demands job. so many things of you that yeah. are not actually developed so it's yeah. a bit circular because meditation builds your self-regulation but at the beginning your self-regulation is low mm-hmm. so it's then a how cycle isn't it is a, it's exactly you, you just kind the... of just need to slowly build it up and, bre- and then you get your a lot of people talk about that this Floor. point at which they start to have a different experience right. meditation you You've just got to you've got to find a way to break through that and you know for, for me vipassana did that but that's why we wanted to have these two episodes before about our personal experience but also the evidence to kind of give people more incentives um to to do it
1: yeah but also i think you know you talked about the calm and the headspace at being maybe a bit too simplistic but i think that's probably the right starting point for somebody so for, for people that haven't maybe been on a meditation journey obviously you've been meditating for so long and so that being supernatural is kind of the next stage for you because it sounds like it's quite a high level i guess
0: so but it's very accessible so you know if for example headspace and calm don't appeal to you maybe it's because they are a bit devoid of some of those dimensions and there is actually Mm. again research about this that meditation and mindfulness have become so much in the literature in the in the in the research and evidence, but sometimes they're sh- shorn of. So sometimes the spiritual aspects are cut off. And actually in the Buddhist practice, they're not separated. But for evidence purposes and for research purposes, mm. they often are. Mm. And i that's what I'm talking about. I'm saying, actually, I think it's really important to not lose that because that is sometimes it's very difficult to quantify and be tangible. But to me, that's what makes meditation magic. That's what makes it so special. So, so I really enjoy that. It's an hour-long meditation. It's a bit crazy. Like when he's when he's making you meditate, he's, he's sort of saying, "Come on now, come on." <laughs> so he's like really trying to hype you up. <laughs> it's quite funny. That's but the opposite if, of how I
1: imagine. I know, a medita- like somebody who's leading a meditation because it's very much, you know,
0: well, what that is is he take does it. The first bit is a kind of a, an exercise, a breathing exercise to get you in, a bit like how yoga is, where yeah. well, yoga the asanas are meant to prepare you mm. for then being in a meditative state. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point you know of the asanas they're not to give your body exercise they are to prepare your Mm. you know but there's also those yogic breathing ones which are like that
1: those is it pranic breathing which is that life force and you do that really fast breathing but is it called bhakti i don't know actually sorry i can't remember there's a a yoga breath which is very much it's quite intense yeah yeah there's loads of different ones right
0: and so this is just one example of it but his style of doing it is just can you give us i think what we're gonna have to do is
1: when we start videoing our podcast is have you doing
0: this so we can see exactly what it's all about yeah maybe come on come on on. it's so funny anyway so so it's an hour-long investment and ideally I want to do that and then do some stretching and then that would be my perfect evening Wow, have I done that yet no but I'm I'm working on it so so that's what I'm currently doing so we've talked today about readiness to meditate, what we're currently doing, not all of it is pure meditation, acknowledging, you know, where one is in their sort of mental current state and therefore where you, you know, what what's right for you at the time. Um, and, and hopefully that might give you some more thoughts about how you might access uh, meditation practice for yourself if you do please let us know and um, we will continue to with our um, meditation efforts and um, we look forward to talking to you next time thank you